Jews were sent a jewel. The Jews were sent the most amazing messenger of God and one of the most amazing human beings that ever stepped foot on the earth. They were sent to them, Jesus, the son of Mary, the perfect representation of God, God's perfect caliph, who came amongst them and who was greater than anybody who was ever sent before. No other human being that came before Jesus was better than him. Not even by a close margin. There was no competition. For in the Gospels, Jesus clearly states that there was nobody greater that was sent from the time of Adam till John the Baptist other than John the Baptist. Nobody else was greater than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist himself says that he's not even worthy to tie the shoes of Jesus. Think about that. Think about the greatness of that character whom the Quran calls the Spirit of God himself. The man who was going forward and he was healing the leopard and curing the blind and talking from the cradle and making with his hands birds out of clay and blowing life into it and raising people back from the dead. Who is greater than that? Nobody's greater than that. And yet three years into his ministry, he's betrayed by one of his companions. He couldn't even have, find 12 friends. He couldn't even find 12 loyal people. One of his own companions betrays him and sells him out for some silver coins. And he's arrested and his ministry is cut short. After this filthy abomination from the children of Israel, after the breaking of this covenant that God had with the children of Israel, after God said about them in the Quran, remember, O children of Israel, that I had chosen you and preferred you over all of the worlds. Out of everything that God created, the Israelites were his favorite. And he sends to them somebody as perfect as Jesus, and they reject it. Somebody whose name is the Spirit of God Himself, the Spirit of Allah. And they sought to kill Him and crucify Him. So the covenant's broken, and God establishes, reestablishes His covenant with a new people. He keeps his promise to Abraham to keep it in his lineage, but he takes it away from the children of Isaac and he gives it to the children of Ismail, the Arabs. And he sends forth into the Arabs a prophet who is the likeness of Moses to establish a great new law and to bring a great new book just as Moses established a new covenant 
and brought forward the Torah amongst the Israelites. Muhammad comes and he brings forward a new jurisprudence and he brings forward a new book and that is the Quran. One which is greater than the one that was given to the ungrateful people. And the Israelites never, ever, ever have another prophet or messenger sent to them since the time of Jesus till now. They've waited for 2,000 years and nobody has been sent to them. And if they wait for the rest of eternity, nobody will ever be sent to them because of what they did to Jesus the Messiah. Peace be upon him. Peace is from him. That great prophet, whom in the Quran, John the Baptist, it says about him, and peace be upon him, God says about John the Baptist, peace be upon him on the day that he was born, and on the day that he dies, and the day that he's resurrected again. But Jesus says, and peace be upon me on the day that I am born, and on the day that I die, and on the day that I'm resurrected again. So even in the Quran, Jesus had reached a rank whereby he himself is giving to himself peace instead of receiving it from God. As to where John the Baptist has to receive that peace from other than him. He has to receive it from God, but not Jesus. Jesus is giving it to himself. And in the du'as of the Ahl-Bayt, they say, when they're, when they're calling upon God, they say, and by your slave and servant, Musa, the son of Imran, whom you spoke to at Mount Tur in Sinai. And by your rise in Sa'ir, and by your appearance in Faran. And so the rise in Sa'ir is Jesus. And the appearance in Faran is the one who was sent there, who is Muhammad who appeared there. Notice the difference between the description of Moses being described as a servant of God versus Jesus and Muhammad who are being described as a rise and an appearance of God. That's because Jesus and Muhammad, out of all of the prophets and the messengers that were ever sent, they represented the most perfect manifestation of God what is the purpose of a prophet or a messenger? It's not the purpose, purpose of a prophet or a messenger. is that there are a veil between God and between humanity. That humanity, creatures, human beings get to know God through this messenger. That the messenger is the hands of God and the, and the face of God and the tongue of God. And each and every one of them, God shone through them. To a certain degree, because God spoke to them as he did to Moses directly or through an angel with the other prophets and messengers. But God, God's light manifested to its most perfect appearance in Jesus. And that's why he's described as the very rise of God. But why is Muhammad described as an appearance of God while Jesus is described as a rise of God? Because Jesus didn't get a chance to fully appear. 
Three years into his call, he's betrayed, he's arrested, and he's crucified in the apparent. As to where Muhammad, he managed to complete his call. He wasn't raised to God. He managed to appear and, and raise and establish a state. And so the sending forward of Muhammad, he came forward amongst the Arabs as Moses did amongst the Israelites. But he also represented the perfect manifestation and rise of God in creation, the perfect caliph of God that Jesus was unable to do. You see, out of the billions of people that have been born and lived on this planet, only a lucky sum became believers. There are much more disbelievers in the hellfire than there are believers in the paradise. There's much more disbelievers on the earth than there are believers. So if you become a believer, you're lucky. You've won the, the jackpot. Out of those believers, those billions of believers, the top, the best of them, the most sincere of the believers, they go on to the next rank. And so 124,000 human beings, the top of the believers, were chosen. They elevated to the next, and God chose them to be prophets. He gave them, he gave them two dreams. He gave them prophecies. He spoke to them. They were prophets. And the best of those 124,000, which were 313, the best of those 124,000 prophets became prophet messengers. They trusted so much in the prophecies that they were receiving that God knew that he could send them forward and deliver the message to a people and they wouldn't be afraid or they wouldn't, you know, hesitate. They, they were the ones that had the most belief in their prophecies. And out of those 313 messengers, out of that, those, those 313 that included Adam and included Shoaib and included Zephaniah and Zechariah and Isaiah and Isaac and Ismail and Abraham and Lot, only five of them had the most determination. They were most determined against all odds to deliver their message, no matter what, without fear. And those five that had the most determination, God entrusted them with establishing a new covenant every time there was a covenant that was broken. And so the only messengers that reach the next stage, they reach that level of imamate. And those were Noah, Abraham, Moses, Jesus, and Muhammad Those were the best of the best. 
and only one of them reached the next stage after that. And he reached it during his life when he went on the night journey and was taken all the way up, elevated all the way up to a rank that was even higher and a station that was higher than where Gabriel could go. And the narration state that Gabriel even tells Muhammad, you have now reached a place that I can no longer continue with you to. No creature has ever went up there. And Muhammad gets up there and he's two bows length or nearer to God Almighty. There's only this green veil that's between Muhammad and God. This green veil that's described as emerald flapping. And an opening takes place in that veil the size of a, of a needle. And, and Muhammad was able to see from the light of God, and from the glory of God, that much. And he disintegrates into the light of God and becomes in a state where he's sometimes Muhammad and sometimes Muhammad his ego is not there. And it's just God who's pronouncing on his tongue the Quran. And that's why there's a hadith from the Ahl Bayt that says we have conditions with God. Sometimes we are us, and sometimes we are Him, and He is us. And so this great messenger was sent amongst the Arabs, more powerful than Moses, with a message more important than Moses' message, with a book that was greater than the Torah. And Muhammad comes forward with a new jurisprudence as well. And he establishes the Shahada and confirms the fact that there's no God but the one God and he's the same God that the Bani Israel were worshipping. But he changes certain things. He changes the direction of worship from Jerusalem to Mecca to highlight and to show that the covenant of God had now shifted from the children of Israel to the children of Ismail. And that became the new house of God in which the Spirit of God dwelt amongst the Arabs. And he establishes the Salah, the prayer five times a day, and he establishes the Zakat, Charity, which makes it compulsory that the rich give to the poor from their wealth. And he makes a month which it's obligatory to fast in, the month of Ramadan. And he establishes a pilgrimage that every Muslim must make once in their lifetime to Mecca, to the Kaaba. And Muhammad fulfills his message and establishes a state and effectively becomes the head of the state and fulfills the true meaning why God sent forward the prophets and the messengers 
as the Quran said, and we did not send forth any messenger except that he might, that he must be obeyed, or that he was to be obeyed. And Muhammad was obeyed, and he was victorious. He was victorious by the sword, and he was victorious by the Quran, and he was victorious by God and his angels. A warrior, a king, a politician, a prophet, a messenger, an imam, a perfect human being, God in creation, ruling on earth. And when death came to approach Muhammad Muhammad had one request from the Muslim nation. The most important part of the sixth covenant in which he establishes. And that is that he tells them, I do not ask for what I have done. Everything that he's done of bringing down the Islam and the Quran and, and, and guiding humanity out of the darknesses and the ignorance of Jahiliyyah into the light. He doesn't want anything except that people love his household. The Ahl Bayt. Those whom were mentioned in the Quran, in Surah 33, verse 33, Verily, Allah wants to remove all impurities from you, O people of the house, and to purify you, a thorough purification. God had wiped away the one sin that Muhammad had on the night that he went on his night journey. And the one sin that Muhammad had was that he existed. For Muhammad had considered that God was so holy God was so pure that the mere act of existing alongside God was a sin. And of course, in reality, it's not a sin like the understanding of the people when, when we talk about sin. That's just out of the humility from the knowing of God. He knew that he was imperfect in comparison to the perfect. Because if he was perfect, he would be God himself. But he was only a manifestation, a perfect manifestation of God, a perfect messenger of God. But still he needed God, and that need made him imperfect. And so existing in itself was a sin. It was, an, it was a small part of the ego. It was that black dot. And God forgave him for that and forgave his household and purified them completely and enforced them with the Holy Spirit. And when death time approached for Muhammad Muhammad gathered all of the Muslims and he did as the Quran said that if, any, if death approaches any of you you should leave a will. And before he even wrote down his will, he gathered all of the Muslims.
70,000 of them were present on the day of Ghadir. And he stood in front of all of them. And he said, Do you not bear witness that I'm the messenger of God? And they said, Yes, we do witness. Do you not bear witness that I have more of a right over you than your own selves? And they said, Yes, you do, O Prophet of Allah. He said, Well, then whoever I'm the master of, Ali is the master of. And he raised the hand of Ali ibn Abi Talib and said, Oh God, take as a friend whoever is the friend of Ali. And take as an enemy whoever is the enemy of Ali. Be a guardian to whoever takes Ali as a guardian. And be an enemy to whoever takes Ali as an enemy. Allahumma wali man wala wa adi man adah. Wansur man nasaru. And give victory to whoever gives victory to him. And shame whoever shames him and walks away from him and doesn't give him victory. And all the Muslims on that day, they celebrated and they pledged allegiance to Ali ibn Abi Talib. And it was very clear and very understood that he was the successor of Muhammad. And the narration stated that they all went up there and they said, congratulations, O Ali. When it came time, and the, there was an incident called the tragedy, tragedy of Thursday. It was the Thursday before the Prophet Muhammad passed away. The Prophet's on his deathbed. He gathers some of the Muslims that are around him in the house at that time. Some of them were his companions, and also had Ali ibn Abi Talib and a few others. They told them, bring me a paper and a pen so that I can write down for you that which if you hold on to it, you'll never go astray. When he said that, there were some voices that began to get loud. And they said, he's hallucinating. He's ill. Don't tire him. We don't need to hear anything else. It's enough. We have the Quran. And they basically told the messenger, to be quiet. And so the messenger became angry and he told them to get out. And a few days later, he gathers Ali ibn Abi Talib. And he gathers a few of the closest of companions. And he asks them to get a paper and pen. And he writes down his will, which in all of the books of the Muslims, only one will exists in one narration in which the Prophet Muhammad dictates and says, O Ali, after me there will be 12 Imams. And then after that there will be 12 Mahdis. You are the first, O Ali, of those 12 Imams. When death approaches you, you are to hand it over, hand the matter, hand the rulership, hand the imamat over to your son, Al-Hasan. And when death approaches him, he has to hand it over to his brother, Al-Hussein. And when death approaches him, he must hand it over to his son, Ali Zayn al-Abdin. And when death approaches him, he must hand it over to his son, Muhammad al-Baqir. 
And when death approaches him, he must hand it over to his son, Jafar al-Sadiq. And when death approaches him, he must hand it over to his son, Musa Qazim. And when death approaches him, he must hand it over to his son, Ali al-Rida. And when death approaches him, he must hand it over to his son, Muhammad al-Jawad. And when death approaches him, he must hand it over to his son, Ali al-Hadi. And when death approaches him, he must hand it over to his son, Al-Hasan al-Askari. And when death approaches him, he must hand it over to his son, Muhammad al-Mahdi. That is the completion of the 12 Imams. And when death approaches him, he must hand it over to his son. He has three names. Abdullah, Ahmed, and the third name is Al-Mahdi. And those are the first three names of the first three Mahdis in the will of Rasulullah But just as the Prophet Muhammad had been sent amongst the children of Ismail, as Moses was sent amongst the children of Israel, and just as the Prophet Muhammad had told the Muslims that they would follow the footsteps of the Jews and the Christians step by step, so much so that if they were to fall into the hole of a lizard, that the Muslim nation would do the same and repeat the same mistakes. Just as the children of Israel were given a savior and were given successors of Moses, the prophets and the messengers that the children of Israel killed all the way until the savior and they killed him too. The same thing happens with the nation of Islam, the children of Ismail. And imam after imam, successor after successor, starting with Ali ibn Abi Talib, gets murdered and poisoned and imprisoned and oppressed and killed one by one by one by one by one. until all of the imams, all of the successors, with the exception of the last remaining of the 12 imams, were killed. Those 12 imams that were the place and the storehouse for the Spirit of God after Muhammad sallallahu Those 12 Imams that Muhammad said about them, they are to me as the disciples of Jesus were to him. What happened to the disciples of Jesus? One by one by one, they were crucified and killed and martyred. Same thing happens over here. The nation of the Muslims repeat the same thing that the Christians do. 
um, each and every one of the disciples, each and every one of the messengers of Muhammad were murdered and killed. You see, this perfect manifestation of God in creation, the rise of, of, of God, Jesus, he sent forward 12 messengers. Those are the 12 disciples. Muhammad, after his passing, he was the final messenger. No more prophets and messengers came after him. There was no more direct communication with God after Muhammad Muhammad was so perfect that now God delegated to Muhammad the management of the universe. Muhammad, God in creation after his death, became the one who was responsible to send forward the Imams. And he sent them forward. And one by one, each one of these Imams that had the Spirit of God and that one of the names of God shone through were killed. As Sadiq, the truthful one, is killed. Al Bakr is killed. Amir al Mu'mineen is killed. All of them are killed. Until we have the last remaining part of God in creation. The last remaining part of the 12 Imams. Imam al-Mahdi, the 12th Imam, whose nickname is Baqiyatullah, the remnant of God. He is the only part that remains. And the 12 Mahdis come as messengers from him. And so the Muslims clearly they broke the sixth covenant with Muhammad sallallahu And they, as the Christians did, and as the Jews did, received the anger of God, and the covenant was ripped away from the Arabs, and ripped away from the Muslim nation, only for a new covenant to be established a seventh and most perfect and most complete covenant. But we'll talk about that next time.